Hello, friends. I'm Pastor Pitts Evans. Welcome to the Whole Word Podcast. Let's get right to the Word of God. We have a brief chapter now. It's fairly short with only 18 verses. And it's generally a, a recap and a compilation of a number of details concerning Solomon's rule and reign. So here we go with Second Chronicles chapter 8. At the end of 20 years, during which Solomon had built the temple of the Lord and his own palace, Solomon rebuilt the villages that Hiram had given him and settled Israelites in them. Solomon then went to Hamath Zobah and captured it. He also built up Tadmor in the desert and all of the store cities he had built in Hamath. He rebuilt Upper Beth Horon and Lower Beth Horon as fortified cities with walls and with gates and bars, as well as Baalath and all of his store cities and all the cities for his chariots and for his horses. Whatever he desired to build in Jerusalem, in Lebanon, and throughout all the territory he ruled, he built. There were still people left from the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. These people were not Israelites. Solomon conscripted the descendants of all of these people remaining in the land, whom the Israelites had not destroyed, to serve as slave labor, as it is to this day. But Solomon did not make slaves of the Israelites for his work, for they were his fighting men, commanders of his captains, and commanders of his charioteers and chariots. They were also King Solomon's chief officials, 250 officials supervising the men. Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the palace he had built for her, for he said, My wife must not live in the palace of David, the king of Israel, because the places the ark of the Lord has entered are holy. On the altar of the Lord that he had built in front of the portico, Solomon sacrificed bird offerings to the Lord, according to the daily requirements for offerings commanded by Moses, for the Sabbaths, the new moons, and the three annual festivals, the festival of unleavened bread, the festival of weeks, and the festival of tabernacles. In keeping with the ordinance of his father David, he appointed the divisions of the priests for their duties and the Levites to lead the praise and assist the priests according to each day's requirement. He also appointed the gatekeepers by divisions for the various gates because this was what David, the man of God, had ordered. They did not deviate from the king's commands to the priests or to the Levites in any matter, including that of the treasuries. All Solomon's work was carried out from the day the foundation of the temple of the Lord was laid until its completion. So the temple of the Lord was finished. Then Solomon went to Ezion-Geber and Elath on the coast of Edom, and Hiram sent him ships commanded by his own men, sailors who knew the sea. These, with Solomon's men, sailed to Ophir and brought back 450 talents of gold, which they delivered to King Solomon. So seemingly a kind of a, a loose assortment of details. But first we read that 20 years have passed, at the end of 20 years. And so in this time, it mentions that the temple of the Lord had been built and its palace had been built. Now, in the account of those two 
building projects, the building of the temple of the Lord and the building of Solomon's palace that's contained within Kings, the book of Kings. It's explained that Solomon took twice as long to build his own house as he did the temple of the Lord. And the implication from Kings is Solomon screwed up. He didn't didn't do a good thing by being twice as long building his own house as he was the temple of the Lord. And so remember that I told you the purpose of the books of First and Second Chronicles were records that were to encourage the returning refugees. There's nothing encouraging about the fact that Solomon took longer building his own house than he did building the temple of the Lord. So the writer of Chronicles, perhaps Ezra, perhaps someone else, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, didn't include those details. But they are contained in our Bible in Kings. He built up various cities and a number of cities are mentioned that were store cities and cities for his chariots and horses. And he had lots of building projects all through Israel and Lebanon and all the territory he ruled over. He made slaves out of the foreigners that were left over from the uh, the different groups that were supposed to be eradicated back in the day by Joshua that still remained in the land. So uh, there was a few of them, but Solomon didn't make slaves of the Israelites. He made them military people commanders, um, leaders, various positions of authority. He made an interesting statement concerning one of his wives. Now, Solomon married Pharaoh's daughter. We assume it was a political alliance, but perhaps there was some affection between the two of them as well. But it says in verse 11, Solomon brought Pharaoh's daughter up from the city of David to the palace he had built for her, Because he said, my wife must not live in the palace of David, the king of Israel, because the places the ark of the Lord has entered are holy. Now, in saying this, he in essence was saying his wife was not worthy to enter into a building that had once housed the the ark of the covenant because of the holiness. In other words, perhaps Pharaoh's daughter was not a worshiper of Yahweh. We read in the life of Solomon that he was lured by his wives into the worship of other gods. But whatever the case, at this point, he had enough respect for the Lord and enough respect for King David to make a separate dwelling place for Pharaoh's daughters to live. And he linked the fact that once uh, the Ark of the Covenant had been in David's house, and so um, perhaps briefly the Ark of the Covenant was brought through David's house before it was put in the tent. We don't know the circumstances, but this is somewhat new information. The Ark had entered King David's house. He offered various offerings, and it, it says specifically, in accordance uh, with his father David's directions. And he appointed priests in their duties according to the plans that David, the man of God, had ordered. So he's still honoring his father. He's honoring his father's wishes. He's honoring his father's commands concerning the priesthood and the worship of Yahweh. And then the chapter closes with a mention of a huge amount of um, gold that was brought from Ophir, which is um, unknown to this day, the location of Ophir, this place where fabulous, very pure gold was found. But Lord, we thank you for the the life of Solomon. We thank you at this point in his life, he respected you enough to not want to profane a place where just your ark had been by bringing his wife, who might not have been in agreement with the worship of you, into the place. He had respect for you, and he had respect for his father. These are great things. Lord, remember Solomon's respect for you. Remember Solomon's respect for his father, David. Lord, We don't know the final outcome of Solomon. Some of what we read in your word is not good. 
But Lord, we thank you for the good things from his life. We thank you now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Whole Word. It was brought to you by Whole Word Fellowship and the Northern Virginia House of Prayer. If you were encouraged, please share our podcast with your friends. We'd also appreciate it if you'd hit subscribe in your favorite podcast app and take a few moments to write a review. If you'd like more information on our church and our ministry, you can go to wholeword.net or wholewordpodcast.com for more information. Thank you again, and may the Lord Jesus bless you today and always.